Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the editor of Smoking Q. And what you got for me, Isaac Harris? Well, Nick, I have two things. First off, I'm sick. And you're going to hear snuffles, and you're going to hear a cough drop. But the pod waits for no man. But it's, yeah, it's all good. It's all good in the hood. Two, second, did you see the exchange between... Dennis Smith Jr. and Markel Fultz playing. I don't know what it I was. saw them. I saw them just staring <laughs> blankly on the screen <laughs> while they were playing. Yes, I also, was, I also awesome. saw this. The picture that was tweeted out that I saw saw Dennis Smith Jr. leaning forward with you know with his controller, his seat not back, and I saw Markel leaning back like I am right now, just like draped over the you know the back of the the sofa, which to me says a lot more than. I think it should to anybody. You're going to read way into that, ain't you? Hashtag body language doctor is going to look at that and say, Dennis Smith Jr. is a guy. He's a go-getter. He gets after it. He leans forward. He leans into the stuff that he's into. If he's into it, he goes for it. He gets gets into it head on. What Markel does, he just kind of backs into stuff. Markel's like, well, I'm kind of good at this basketball thing. Let me just back into it. Markel just kind of lets the game come to him. Dennis Smith Jr. attacks the game. That's what I think. You, you, would, you would take a, a still photo from two guys playing video games. Hey, I didn't even get to my thousand words, right? <laughs> anyway, they were trash talking That's during this thing. That's a good idea. <laughs> they were trash talking during this thing, and somebody you know had the video of it and transcribed it. And Dennis was like hounding Markel over how Philly... You know, he's just going to a losing situation. It's all y'all do is lose and all this stuff. And at the very end, he said, man, y'all didn't even win a summer league game. And it was awesome. But my only worry with this, ding, 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 is there's a chance Philly might win more games than Dallas this year. And I'm like... By virtue of them just being in the East. Exactly. I'm like, Dennis, bro, I'm all down for, for trash talking. But it's not like you're going to Boston or something. You're going to Dallas this year. The chances of us winning 50 games, it's not the greatest. And you're you're already hounding somebody about them losing. So Forget about conferences, though. The Mavericks next year with Noel, Dennis Smith, you know, Dirk, Barnes, that's a better team than the Sixers, right? Yeah. I mean, I would take them in a – yeah, I'm just – Yeah, because you got I'm Markel, Redick, Covington, Simmons, Embiid, Dario. I mean, you want to say that they're more – They're more – and, you know – intriguing with their youthfulness and all that stuff but Philly's just so hard to predict because half their team hasn't even seen the court so I know I mean they're big three and Simmons Embiid and Fultz have played a combined what 30 games in the league well yeah <laughs> can't hold can't hold that against Fultz but yeah Simmons and Embiid are big no, no, I'm, not big holding against I'm just 
I'm just saying, like, they just, we just don't know. Yeah. We, have, and, we do so. have no idea. We also don't really know if, you know, Dario can play with those guys. Like, does he just become, you know, like the Ennis Cantor, like, six-man type, you know, player? Or does he, can he actually mesh with those, you know, those other guys? And then J.J. Redick is good. I think he's going to fit in really well there. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know. And Covington, I like Covington a lot. I always have. Yeah, he's going to get paid, too, so... That's true. Anyway, I just found I found that intriguing. That is true. What I find intriguing is our Western Conference off season. What are we going to call this? Just I the, call them awards. Yeah, you call them awards. I'm calling them the best and worst. So the best They're not grades, <laughs> not grades. No, anything but grades. The best and worst of the Western Conference off season. We're going through all the stuff. We're going through the best free agency move, the worst free agency, the worst draft, the best draft, the biggest upgrade, biggest downgrade, riskiest move, and the most surprising move. So we did this for the entire Western Conference. Some of them are Mavericks. Some of them are not. Some of them you know, are things the Mavs did. Some of them are things that other teams in the West did. But this will all affect the Mavericks in the end. So I made it, I wrote a piece on this. Isaac did a piece on this. You can check that out. Mine's at, mon- at MavsMoneyBall.com. His is at TheSmokingCuban.com. We will uh, put the links to those on our Twitter as well as the Twitter for Locked On Mavericks. So you can check that out there read the full piece in its entirety we uh i'm not sure i feel like you're a better writer than me sometimes and I'm, well i have to do it more that's true i mean i'm i'm cranking out 25 to 30 pieces a month so like so. you're you're more like ichiro and i'm just i'm like aaron judge i like I, <laughs> when i when i hit one i hit it out of the park but you just are hitting singles <laughs> you're like a you're you're more of the media mogul like you're doing you do all the media stuff and all your thing and i have to write more it sounds really sounds really pathetic first sounds really pathetic now that you say that when you're sick though (laughs) yeah i was i would say i'm a podcaster first yeah like i introduced myself as a media member because i feel like i don't write enough to call myself a writer and that's not i don't think that's the best thing i do it is one of the things that i do though that's how we're that's how we kind of bring a different perspective of like you're a media podcaster first and then probably a writer close second when i would say i'm a writer first and a media guy like second yeah so but before we get to that i want to do two things no (laughs) the one thing i want to do is i want to let you know about what we're doing next week Uh uh-oh we're so pumped for this i am so excited for this week okay a lot of times in this industry Hashtag we the media takes off August, <laughs> you know, and and some of July. It just seems like after summer league, after free agency dies down, everything just, you know, goes to a halt. But I know there's NBA people out there that, that ball is life, right? <laughs> you just you just want more, you know, want, want more of that content, want more good stuff. And so we decided instead of taking off, you know, a whole month or going down to the, you know, one to three podcasts a week, what we're going to do, we're going to make one week in this summer super special and what we're going to do is we're going to look back i almost i almost want to say posthumously but these guys are all still alive so you <laughs> yeah, yeah. can't say it like that we're going to go back and we're going to take a look at all of the 2011 nba finals games one by one we're going to break them down we're going to do a preview podcast talking about you know going into that series what was it like all this stuff then we're going to do uh, each game as a podcast, so we'll do 30 minutes of recap and talking about the game. Isaac and I will go back and watch the game. We'll write notes. We'll go, you know, do that. And then we also have some really special guests lined up 
to do some interviews. We haven't done a ton of guests on this show. We've done every once in a while. We've done a guest. We did Earl last week. We did you know some guys when I was at Summer League. But we are going to go back and we're going to get some really good guests. I already have a couple. Basically, if you've heard somebody call a Mavericks game <laughs> from any platform the past, I don't know, five years, that person is going to be on the podcast. <laughs> Pretty much everybody. We got uh, Chuck Cooperstein has agreed to do an interview with us. We have uh, Mark Followell is potentially going to do an interview with us. Victor Vialba, who's the, the Spanish radio announcer for the Mavericks and the Cowboys, he's going to do one with us. And uh, we also have uh, Jeff Skin Wade that's going to do one with us and, and a couple more others that we're working on. But those are the ones that we have confirmed right now. We're super excited about this week. And so what we need from you guys, we need to, you to go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and tell us what your favorite moment of the 2011 finals was. I want all the moments. I want if you want the you know the Dirk comeback. If you want the you know if you want the comeback from Game Two. I just watched it the other day, and I forgot how good of a comeback that was. They they came back. It was a what was it a 20 to two run. Jeez, yeah, I mean, man, it's just insane. The balls on that team to to come back. But we'll be talking about it in its entirety. Tell us what your favorite moment was. If it was if it was the Deshaun Stevenson, how does my Dirk taste shirt? If that, if that was your favorite moment, which it was for a lot of people, tell us that in iTunes. Go to iTunes. Go to the Lockdown Maps page. You know, I know you can definitely do it on mobile. You can definitely do it on desktop. Go to the page. Give us a five-star review and tell us what your favorite moment is. We will read We will read them all on show. Let's, let's do that. We'll read every single one of them on show. Uh, we will cut out the profanity. <laughs> if, if, that was, if that was your favorite thing, uh, we will cut that out, but... We'll definitely we'll read all of them on air. So go ahead. We'll we'll put your name in it, and uh, we'll give you a shout out as well. So do that. That's what we're gonna do next week. And I also want to let you know about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is an advertiser for this show that we really appreciate it. And uh, SeatGeek's a great app. You can go on it. I've been looking at SeatGeek for different things. Uh, I've been looking at for uh, comedians coming through. Irving has this new uh, event center that's going up soon. And I want to look at, I've been looking at tickets to go see uh, Trevor Noah. You ever watch Trevor Noah, Comedy Central? Yeah, he's on some talk show, right? <laughs> yeah, the Daily Show. Some talk yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, he's on the Daily Show. Also, Dave Chappelle coming through. And uh, there's just a lot of stuff. Also, Cowboy season, of course, coming up. Cowboys played a preseason game on Saturday, which still is amazing to me that, that the NFL is starting. It just came out of nowhere. It smacked me in the face. So if you want to go to a Cowboys game, there's still Rangers games left. You know, they just retired Pudge's jersey, number seven. If you want to go to Rangers games, want to go to Cowboys games, use the SeatGeek app. And best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code LONBA. That's promo code LONBA for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. You will not regret it. It has a deal score on there to where it's a really big green dot on a seat, and that's a really good deal. If it's a red dot, it's not maybe the best deal. You can get them. You can go. You can download the tickets on your way. You can drive there, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend driving there and downloading the SeatGeek app at the same time. But if you're in the passenger seat, or if you're taking an Uber or something like that, if you're if you're in transit and you're not controlling the vehicle that you're taking, go ahead, download the SeatGeek app. Use that. Use the promo code LONBA. It's worth it. Believe me. All right. And instead of setting the upper deck for two hundred dollars, you can use SeatGeek. And set now predict for $150 no, for a Cowboys you, game. For, yeah, for a Cowboys game. Rangers game, you can get them for about 6 bucks, depending on what game it is right now. Well, you should be able to. <laughs> <laughs> You're suiting up at second base right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Or you can go to a Cowboys game for $1,000. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into this. The best and worst or our off-season awards for the Western Conference. Let's get into it. 
Overall, the best free agency that any team had. So I had I had a couple. I named two in, in the in the piece that I did on Mavs Moneyball. The first one that I just I just kind of wanted to give an honorable mention to was the Sacramento Kings. I really liked what they did in the end. I just liked that you know they they moved on from Boogie well. I think they didn't get a great you know deal at the time. They at least got Buddy, who is something. You know that's at least an interesting piece that they got in that deal. Uh, the rest I was not super impressed with. And now they have De'Aaron Fox, who you know we really wanted at the beginning of the draft. We really wanted him. Uh, and then they added these these three veterans, which are so important, so crucial. We've talked about how you know Dirk and JJ and Devin are, are these veterans that the Mavericks need and that these young players desperately need. And so the Kings went out and added them. And before they didn't even have these guys. Their veteran last year was, I mean, Boogie was probably one of them. You know, Rudy Gay was one of them. Just you know, yeah, Flalo was one of them. Costa Kuvis maybe. I think we're like their veterans. Ty, Ty Lawson, baby. <laughs> Ty was one of their, but they go out and they, they add Vince Carter, who I know you love, Zach Randolph, who I love, and George Hill, who is, George Hill is still a really good player. I mean, yeah. that, that deal, the George Hill one I don't like as much because he competes with De'Aaron Fox, and he, if you went just on merit on who is a better player, George Hill would start 100 times out of 10 over De'Aaron Fox right now, so I don't really love that, especially since it was a multi-year deal, but I like adding them in principle. Uh, so I wanted to give that as a just a shout out to them. Uh, but what was yours? Who do you think had the best free agency? Yeah, so it's important to notice uh, two things. You know, free agency is obviously dealing with free agent, um, not like overall off season. So this doesn't count trades for right. me. This just counts same sightings. I too mentioned two. I have the overall winner, like free agency, my my team, and then I have a runner up. Uh, my runner up. I I do not. We think so. Like we wanted, we just both yeah. wanted to name two, and so we did. <laughs> so at the bottom of uh, each category, I have a runner up. Runner up up at Boston, just because I got Gordon Hayward. Um, that just yeah, I'm not going to go into all that, but that was a huge move for them, and they were the you know number one team in the East last year. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse with this with the best NBA free agency, but I had Golden State. I mean. Ugh. You go, you go into the off season, and you just obviously ran through the finals, and you have a you have the chance of keeping of building a dynasty that's going to last multiple years. Your two best players on the team are hitting free agency. No one really questioned about them coming back, but Steph got his money, and then you know a lot of people were questioning is are they going to have the money for Iguodala, Livingston? Durant <laughs> takes his pay yeah, cut. Durant goes, yep. <laughs> Yep. And, uh, you know, they just, they keep the whole crew together. I mean, it just, they released it in one press release too. We've re-signed Durant, Curry, Zaza, JaVale, you know, like JaVale's later, but, you know, Iguodala, Livingston, they brought back the whole crew. And then on top of that, they added Omri Caspi and Nick Young. Like the, the whole cliche saying of the rich get richer. I mean, that's, that's that. I mean, people were questioning last year, Remember back last year, everybody's like, oh, man, I don't know about the super team. Like, you know, it's just not going to work. They have no bench. Okay. That, yeah, okay. Well, they, they did ran, this, ran through the playoffs. They did the they did the exact same. I mean, we did the exact same thing with, with the Heat in t- 2011. I'm watching this team, and we'll talk about it definitely next week when we do the, the finals week. But some of these lineups that, <laughs> that they used are so stupid. Like, this lineup that they used – that the Heat used uh, in the finals, like in the NBA finals, 
one of them. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, gosh, I mean, it's like Mario Chalmers, Joel Anthony, LeBron, Udonis Haslam. And you're just looking at it like, what the heck are we doing? Like, what? Yeah, no, here it is. Mario Chalmers, Mike Miller, LeBron, Udonis Haslam, and Joel Anthony. Yes. (laughs) I mean, it sounds terrible now. It was still bad then. Mike Miller was sort on his last legs. You know, Joel Anthony was not not really a good player. Udonis Haslam, Udonis Haslam that year hadn't had, you know, hadn't played the entire season, jumped in during the conference finals and was playing. So these super teams, they get thrown together. The, the supporting gas just looks terrible because you have nobody else to add to it. But the you know the top end players are so good that they can carry whoever, and they make everybody else look good. Yeah, so that I mean that's, I mean they kept their whole squad together and added Young and Caspi, both wing players, both can knock down the three. Pretty much the only thing they lost was Ian Clark, which Nick Young and Caspi is going to give you what Ian Clark ever gave you, and they still have Livingston at the backup one, so. It's just really hard for me to pick up, pick somebody over that. Um, there are a couple of teams that made you know huge additions of free agency, but Golden State's the winner of free yeah. agency to me. The one that I picked made a huge addition, and I thought this was huge for them. Uh, the Warriors, I, I didn't even want to mention because they just kind of did what everybody thought they were going to do. Yeah, like Nick Young and, and Omri Capsby are good, but for what the team was and what they added, I think the best free agency was Denver. Denver adding Paul Millsap, it was massive for them. Because that's not a destination place. That's not a place where they get, you know, like they got, you know, Chauncey Billups and Allen Iverson back in the day. But, you know, they, they, were, they were not, you know, the all-star caliber players at that point. But adding Millsap, who still is, he is, you know, he is on the back end of his career, but he's still an all-star caliber player. Now, he's not going to be an all-star now. <laughs> he's in the West. I mean, he has zero chance now. But him and Jokic are a really good you know, front court pairing. I just think it's you know a great move for them. Another veteran adding to a young team. I think that's really good. A veteran that's been to a conference finals, it's been in the playoffs. You know, some of these guys have not even been in the playoffs yet, and so to get that guy for that team, I think was the best move for for the team uh, and for that situation. The Warriors. You know, if the Warriors added Paul George, I still don't even know if I would put them as best free agency. Just they just you know like, I mean, how much how much better could they have gotten? Yeah, I mean, I just put them at the top because, you know, if they lost everybody in their that were free agents on their team, they would you know drop, and they brought everybody back. Yeah, they made it work financially. Um, I like Millsap and Denver a lot. I mean, they were one of the teams I were I was considered for sure. I just don't know if they brought in another guy with Millsap. Like if they they were rumored to be in the the George Hill stuff. If they got George Hill, they would have been right there with with the Warriors to me. But they still like Millsap is great. I just wonder how how many wins he gives them more next year. But we'll see though. Yeah, and some of this for me is not necessarily about wins. <laughs> I just think yeah. that it was really good for that squad and that team and a good get, you know. I just think yeah. it was really good for them to, you know, like kudos to them. All right. The worst free agency overall. <laughs> you look at it, there's a couple teams that just didn't do anything. <laughs> so uh, are you gonna say our boys? So the Portland Trailblazers, okay, didn't do didn't do anything. They just couldn't. They they had 130 million dollars in cap going into the summer, and the cap was 99. <laughs> so they just okay. like, what are you supposed to do? You know, you just literally can't do anything. They end up dumping Alan Crabb, but that was a trade. Uh, so I put them in there. And then I did put our boys. I, I put the Dallas Mavericks in there as the worst free agency so far. They just didn't do anything. 
and they didn't really add anything. And it's really not. I like wouldn't say that the Mavericks had the worst free agency in the NBA. I you know there's other teams that I think lost a lot that you know didn't. But just from a, strictly from a free agency standpoint, I think Mavericks not adding anything and still not signing. Nerlens Noel, I think, is is the worst so far, and the worst in the West. There's, I mean, there's a ton of teams that did really good stuff in the West through through, through free agency. So you just can't just, you know, that was a team that I put in there. Yeah, I'm actually gonna stay in Texas, and it's really weird me saying this, but I'm gonna say the Spurs. Yeah, I consider um, that as well. You know, Pop is awesome, and I I can't you know say anything about him that way, but. You know they're just they're lacking something, and they're they're really in the running for that Chris Paul thing. It obviously didn't work out. He he went to Houston instead, and that was a huge blow. And we saw in the playoffs; it was just Kawhi. You know, Aldridge kind of dipped out and did his own thing. It wasn't working. And his best days, you know, look like they're behind him, and they desperately need that other star. And you know, they just didn't get it. And not only did they not get it, but they lost two rotation players, Dwayne Dedman and Jonathan Simmons, both yeah. combined for 34 minutes a night, and they're gone. And, you know, they look at look at two players they brought back, whether you want to say they overpaid for Patty Mills, however you feel about Patty Mills, he's a solid player. But yeah. in this new age, you know, of you know elite point guards in the league, is he a top 15 point guard? I don't, probably not. I mean, I don't know, maybe. And if so, he's like 13 to 15, something like that. And then Pau Gasol, like it looked like, talking about a, a complete circle with Pau Gasol, Pau, they got Pau to opt out of his contract, which, which is Which was huge. amazing. It was incredible. Like, hey, yo, all hell the spares. Like, I mean, that's just crazy. You got when, him to opt out. When he did that, I thought they were getting Chris Paul. I thought I was like, yeah. there's no way he should have done that unless they know they're doing something. And back to the Chris Paul thing, how – Looking at what the Clippers got, how did the <laughs> Spurs not throw something together that was of equal value or better than what the you know what the well, Rockets ended up sending? It's all about where he wanted to go, you know. Right, right exactly. It was it was Chris Paul picking Houston and then saying, "I'll give you a choice of okay, either I'm going to sign there or you can get something back." So either way, I'm going to Houston. Um, why he didn't pick San Antonio, I have no clue, but. So yeah, they they re-signed Pau Gasol. He's thirty-seven years old. They signed him to a three-year, forty-eight million dollars, forty-eight million dollar deal. I mean, I'm rolling my you eyes. Never, you never really questioned San Antonio's moves that much, but that right there is just like crazy to me. So I don't know. They just didn't make it. You know, Rudy Gay's their main addition. You know, he's what thirty, coming off an Achilles injury. You know that you're bringing back. So basically, for San Antonio, and they had a solid team last year. But you didn't make a big splash. You brought in Brandon Paul, who played in the summer league for Dallas in Orlando. Which I like him, but he's not gonna he's not gonna answer any questions for the Spurs. Yeah, I mean he's supposed to be like probably a Jonathan Simmons replacement, maybe, you know, like I can see that. So you lose Simmons and Deadman, you bring back Powell in a big deal, Rudy Gay. It just to me to me to for somebody to be, you know, have worse free agency, it's Maybe some bad contracts that they did, the lack of moves they did. But San Antonio, are they still going to be a playoff team? Absolutely. Yeah. Are they still going to be in the top four? Probably. I don't. I have them at five. But I just didn't. They didn't. They didn't do anything. Now, obviously, if they can swing something for Kyrie, that would be a game changer. But yeah, geez. Right. Right now, they're uh, they win that award for me. Did you give your runner up or? 
Uh, yeah, yeah I said the, did. I said the Blazers and the Mavericks. The other team I also mentioned was the Utah Jazz losing Gordon Hayward. That yeah. was my runner-up. Yeah, yeah. That, that was huge for them. But at least they added. I mean, it's not it's not solving their issue, which and I'll mention them later. But they <laughs> they didn't solve their issue of Gordon Hayward. But at least they added Tabo and, and Jonas Jerebko. Like that's just something that they at least added to him. The, the Blazers and the Mavericks just didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Dallas going to be right. My only thing with Dallas and why I wouldn't put them in this category is we didn't make any, we didn't do anything stupid. Right. You know, like, yeah, I can agree. Th- we didn't we didn't go out and hand somebody like Johnson Simmons, you know, eighteen million dollars a year. You know that would just, you know, like to, like that. Or we didn't, I don't know, we didn't renounce Nerlens's rights or something. You know, like that stuff like that. That would be like holy crap. But I don't know. They're kind of in that middle category where like yeah, they didn't do anything. But they didn't do anything bad to me, for me to move them down or good to move them up, if, if that makes sense. And honestly, so many teams in the West did good things in free agency that just because the Mavericks didn't do anything, I had to put them there. <laughs> I can't think of any other team that did worse things. I mean, I guess the Spurs would be in there. for. I guess the Spurs would be in there. Uh, do you have Memphis anywhere in this? Uh, yeah, <laughs> later on. Okay, we'll talk about them then. But the the additions that they made were kind of weird too. Ben McElmore, Tyreek Evans, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, I yeah. guess they're they're trying, they're swinging for a couple. Um, but yeah. All right, the worst draft I have I've mentioned. I brought back a team that I mentioned before, the Portland Trailblazers. I did not like their draft at all, bro. Did, is that your winner? Yeah, I that's hated, mine too. That's I, mine too. I hated their draft. Uh, so you have. Nurkic, who is was really good for you at the end of the year, and maybe that can be that maybe that's sustainable, maybe it's not. But he was, you know, if this team is going to perform optimally, Joseph Nurkic is going to be starting. He's going to be, you know, really good for you. And then you have you have three picks, so you can do three picks, and you could have swung. Let's say they take all of them and they move all the way up. They moved, they got rid of two, moved up to ten, which is awesome. And they also they need some guard depth now. They've lost a lot of guards, it seems like, and they don't have. Anybody backing up T.J. McCollum right now that I can think of? I mean, they had Crab, but Pat Pat Connaughton. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of Shabazz Napier, I think, is their backup point guard. Mm-hmm. I think right now, so they didn't do anything on that front. If they would have added Donovan Mitchell, that would have been huge, I think, for them, especially if especially for them potentially trading a C.J. McCollum, trying to get you know better at a different spot that's going to help them more. But to add Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan. With their, you know, those two picks, I just think that they didn't, you know, they didn't fix anything or help themselves. <laughs> like, yeah. is Nurkic and Collins going to play together? Is that is that what you're trying to do? Because if not, then you selected a backup center with your, you know, two draft picks. Yeah, here's my issue with Portland. You mentioned them all ago. They went into the offseason really with their hands behind their back. They couldn't do hardly anything because of their cap situation. But you have those three draft picks. But, so, you're a team like Portland. You're not rebuilding. You want to nope. win now, yep, because you have Lillard, McCollum, and you get, just got Nurkic. So the only way you can upgrade your team, you're not winning a title right now. The only grade way you can upgrade your team when you're hard, you know, pretty much almost hard capped, is with your three draft picks. In a loaded draft, just keep your dang picks. Like if you, you got this, is your way you're going to add people, and not only okay if you want to package two and move up to ten. That's beside the point. Okay, sure. But it's just like you mentioned with Mitchell. They moved up to 10. Malik Monk was still on the board. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell or yep. Luke Kennard. 
There's three guys right there. Even if you want to say they could have reached and you know, went for Justin Jackson because they needed, you know, I don't know. I would take Jackson over Mo Harkless right now. He could shoot it better than him. Justin, Justin Jackson ended up getting picked by the Kings with the trade with one of the, the picks exactly. that they originally had. They could have just got him where it what where they were. So like you pass on that and like you mentioned the McCollum thing. What a prime opportunity to move up to ten, take Malik Monk, then. You turn around and, sh- and make a package with CJ McCollum for somebody else, and you have Monk might not be what McCollum is now, but he could be that in a couple years. If he very well could be that. Yeah. So like you yeah, have your and then you move McCollum for some elite wing prospect or I don't know something. But like the Zach Collins thing, it's it's not a huge knock against him, but he does play the same position as Nurkic. And then what did they use their other second, you know, other first round pick on Swanigan? Another big guy, and it's just like, what? And, what? What are and, you doing? And then I know this is a dump, but then they trade for Nicholson too, and then they still have Myers Leonard. You're just like, <laughs> yeah, you know? and, but the, you know, like, and Aminu's still going to start because you know that he's the you know he's their stretch four, and it's going to be their you know athletic five, and I don't know. It's I think in Portland that's going to come back to bite them in the, over the next many years. And so. they they had a couple contracts too that they could have taken. And sweetened it with three first round picks. I mean, you could have sent that, you know, to somebody. I don't. I think that they did try. I mean, I guess they they've tried to get Carmelo, you know, with yeah. you know some of that stuff. Like they've been recruiting him. They've also apparently, I think they were also in the Paul George thing as well. Um, so at least they they kind of tried, attempted to go for some of those guys. But you you'd think that they could package their big contracts so they can make the contracts work. And then put those draft picks in there, and you know, try to make a move for for a win now guy. But they just didn't make any win now moves with those draft picks. No, and that that's the one team in a deep draft. Yeah, in the deep draft. I mean, because yeah, whoever you could have grabbed at fifteen and twenty, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But like that, they're the one team in the lottery that we're going to look at over the next multiple years. Maybe New York with Dennis Smith. You know, if Frank. Which I hate that people are hating on Nilakina. I hate that because I think he's gonna be good. But you know, with even like New York, I don't do as much. Dallas, we're surely not gonna do it. As far as saying what if, you know, we got Dennis, we're super happy with it. Portland's the first, maybe Orlando, Orlando with Jonathan Isaac, maybe, but whatever. But Portland's that team that we could look back at for many years and say they passed on Donovan Mitchell and Malik Monk. Like those two. Yeah, like that could that could haunt them as far as not like a Darko, you know, type of situation. You know, we're not gonna say you know Mitchell and Monk's gonna be like that good. Mellow and Wade and Bosch. Yeah, but like I don't know. I mean that that's that could come back to haunt them. Runner up, I had Chicago. As far as worst draft to move up to say, at them taking marketing. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna trade Jimmy Butler. And which is fine, you know that's separate from the draft. So pretty much just looking at Portland, you know, or Chicago. Now you you put the 16th pick with Jimmy Butler, like you could have came out of this draft with two picks, the yeah. se- the seventh pick and right. the 16th pick. But you gave him the 16th too, and then then I was just talking about. Now I'm eating my words. They're going to be the team that's that we're going to look at and say, look who they passed over. Yeah. Because like look at all the people they could have they could have taken like Chris Dunn. Okay, we're the jury's still out on him, but seriously, I mean, we're gonna look back and say, look at Nilakina, Dennis Smith, Donovan Mitchell, Malik Monk. That's four Jeez. guys right there that could 
and that some just, and somebody in the twenties and, th- and you know somebody like that is gonna gonna pop out of nowhere and be you know awesome too. But I I didn't put any Eastern Conference teams in this. So I don't know what you're doing. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. My bad. <laughs> that's okay. I would add I would add East teams at all these spots. I just wanted to clarify. I was just doing West. On all these teams. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The East was awful. <laughs> like <laughs> the Mavericks would be nowhere near the worst free agency if, if I included East teams. So just as, just as a clarifier. Yeah. Um, the best draft. I put the Mavericks. I put the Mavericks as my you know my, my team that I wanted to sh- sort of give a shout out to in that regard. Um, you know, in a nine player draft. Nine plus, I guess. Let's say nine player draft. They were automatically secured. You know, a really good player, but Dennis Smith Jr. is you know the perfect player to fall to them, and they were you know so happy about it. And uh, he could end up being the best player in the draft pretty easily. I, I don't I don't see a world where I would be shocked if you know Dennis Smith Jr. was better than Markel Fultz or Lonzo Ball, right? I mean, it just to me, it doesn't seem because all of the issues that we had with Dennis Smith Jr. seem completely false. <laughs> Through the, you know, how long has it been? It's been a month, two months. It's been two months since since we got Dennis Smith Jr. Haven't seen anything, anything from that. Yeah, well, I mean, we got to see him on the court more as far as, you know, we got to see him. You know, our, the biggest thing people were talking about was just his attitude and losing and, you know, NC State and just on the court and just maybe not trying as hard and stuff. I think those things will be finally put to bed whenever – He's on the Mavericks, and we're in December, and we've lost like five games in a row, and we're down by like fifteen in the fourth quarter, and seeing and he's still so like not. opening night. <laughs> <laughs> well, like after we've lost multiple in a row or something, yeah, yeah, you know, and seeing as you know, as long as you know that attitude stuff didn't you know doesn't come out, then that thing officially put to bed. I don't, we don't think it's. I'm going to, I'm going to say, tuck it in right now. Tuck it in, tell it a bedtime story, turn out the light, keep the nightline on it. If you want, we're not going to see any issues with Dennis Smith jr. All year. I guarantee it. I think that NC state thing was a complete outlier. I think it was an awful situation. I think if he would have gone to New York, we would have seen all this stuff. We would have seen everything that we, that people were concerned about everything because that is the Knicks and NC state are pretty much you know like they, they don't ever talk about defense. They don't, yeah, they don't ever, you know, they they have so much, you know, dysfunction in the in their front, quote unquote front office, if you want to call, you know, you know, college teams front office. But we would have seen that if he went to the Knicks. But now that he's with the Mavericks, that are a solid organization that you know has their front office intact, they have you know a really good coach. It's gonna they have good veterans like we talked about. I just think because of the situation he's in, we're not gonna see any of that. I I just don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I think that's what will happen too. Which is, I just can't put it to bed based off six summer league games yet. Yeah, I think I put the Mavericks as kind of my runner up. I just, I just mentioned them, and then I think the Lakers had the best draft. They got four guys that'll probably be on their team. <laughs> four. That's true. Who's their fourth one again? <laughs> they got, uh, they got Lonzo. Yeah. They got Kyle Kuzma, who are both yeah. excellent in summer league. Those guys are gonna be really good. Josh Hart, who I think is solid for them, good backer for KCP, and yeah. then they got Thomas Bryant, who had some. He looked, looked better than the other three sometimes, in, yeah, you know, in I summer like league. Uh, he's also probably going to make their team. So some of them, one of them, will probably end up being on, you know, in the G League, but it'll probably be Thomas Bryant. But I think that all all four of those guys will end up making the team, which also could say something about the Lakers roster. <laughs> it was that bad that they have four draft picks making the team, but I just think that was a really good draft for them. Yeah. 
They they were definitely in my. They're right there with Dallas as like my runner up. I had Dallas as my runner up because of the exact same reasons as you, getting Dennis at the ninth pick. You know why? Because they're um, both really smart. That's why. <laughs> uh, best draft man. I had the Kings, and yeah. I know we kind of talked about it with Portland a little bit ago, but you know the Kings are in this stage now. It's where they're not competing anytime soon. They're not going to be a playoff team this year, probably next year either. And not only did they bring in the veterans, they brought them in after the draft. But if you're a rebuilding team in a, you know, in a loaded draft like this, you know, they came in with the fifth and tenth pick, you know, tenth picks in a draft. And so ultimately, if you want to look at Boogie, the Boogie trade resulted in Buddy Hield and the tenth or the fifteenth and twentieth picks in the draft because that tenth pick came Not from bad. New Orleans. So. Ultimately, they traded Boogie for Buddy Hill, Justin Jackson, and Harry Giles. And not too bad of a deal. I mean, however you feel about them. But for Sacramento, it's like you got your guy, Darren Fox, at five. You need a, you know, you need a star young point guard. You got him at five. In most drafts, Fox would have probably went top three yeah. in this draft. You know, it's loaded. So they got him at five. That was huge. They you know, had the 10th pick. And if you're a rebuilding team and you need more young guys, you move back and you get – you get, you got three top three first round draft picks in the top twenty, so yeah, it's nice. I'm obviously biased with Justin Jackson being a Tar Heel guy. I think he I think he will be you know great on the wing, six eight six nine guy can really score from anywhere. They lost Rudy Gay, that's a hole right there for him. I mean, there's a chance he could start, like which is crazy, but Ooh. he'll he could come off you know come off the bench probably, but. I don't know who I don't know who's going to start for him as far as I've heard George Hill and Fox are going to play together, but then you Buddy Buddy Hill is are you going to yeah is he going to play at three I mean what are you you're going to move him up to the three which you could in this like new NBA but I don't know so anyway you got Justin Jackson and then with your third first round pick you swung for the fences like you have a shot right there you you swing for Harry Giles and we don't know what he's going to be he's the biggest question mark of the draft and. He's going to have time to develop and see what he's going to turn into. But I just, I loved what Sacramento did with the draft. I love what they did in free agency. I just, they're, we've mentioned before, if you're a you know random fan trying to pick one of these lower teams that you're like, man, they're going to be a fun team to root for. It's Sacramento for me. But Yeah, Sacramento and, and the Lakers, I think, did the three things you want to do in a draft. They got their guy, right? They got, you know, Lonzo and they got De'Aaron Fox. So you get your guy, that a guy that is you know has the best possibility of being an all star at the spot where you draft, like pretty high. Then they got a solid player, you know. I think Josh Hart, Kuzma, and then uh, Justin Jackson are all just like going to be solid. I don't think any of them are going to be stars. I don't think any of them are going to be, you know, like I can see all of them just being rotation players, right? Yeah. And then you swung with the fences. They swung with, you know. Uh, I don't know if the Lakers, I guess that's not really considered a swing. <laughs> but with Harry Giles, you, you swing, you know, a complete swing for the fences and just try an outlier guy. He could be, you know, potentially an all-star someday. He could be, you know, out of the league, you know, in five years. You just never know. So, yeah, yeah I, I also like what they did. Biggest upgrade. Uh, for me, I took this a different direction than you. I just thought the biggest upgrade to me was a, a specific position. And so I looked, at, I looked at the Paul George and Jimmy Butler moves and looked at who – was a bigger upgrade between the two. Now, technically, Paul George is replacing Andre Roberson, but he's still on the team. He's he's replacing him at his position, and Roberson's probably moving to the two. But he on the team with the trade, he repl- 
Uh, Isaac just sniffing all over the place. <laughs> and uh, But he replaced Oladipo. And then Jimmy Butler replaced. <laughs> Do you know who started the three? Four, <laughs> the three and I guess who started at the... Now Wiggins is going to start at the two. So I guess who was the other wing starter for the Timberwolves last year? Gosh, either there were two. There were two Rush. guys. Nope, not Muhammad started one game last year. Brandon Rush. Brandon Rush and Zach Levine started a combined, <laughs> a combined eighty games for them. Wow. Zach Levine started forty-seven, and Brandon Rush started thirty-three. Brandon Rush started thirty-three games for them. If you're replacing Brandon Rush with Jimmy Butler, I think that's that's the big upgrade. So I think Jimmy Butler positionally was the biggest upgrade, and that that team as a whole probably was up there for you as biggest upgrade as a team. I mean, I know, I know you don't like the, the Ricky Rubio and, and uh, Jeff Teague thing, but the, but Jimmy Butler itself is huge upgrade. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly the direction I went. Biggest upgrade. I took it as, you know, what team made the overall biggest upgrade um, of the summer. And I had Minnesota doing that. They won 31 games last year. And a lot of people, including myself, haven't won it over 50 this year. I mean, it's a 20-game spike that... Third year in a row. Third year in a row, people are saying the Timberwolves are going to win 50 games. (laughs) Yeah, but this is way different than those past two years. They just just brought in a top 20 player in Butler. But, like, yeah, I mean, I don't like the Jeff Teague and Rubio swap, but Teague does give them more offense and better outside shooter than Rubio. So, Taj Gibson, Jamal Crawford... I mean, you're looking at like a second unit now with Gibson, Crawford, you know, Tyus Jones, which, you know, I saw some like statistics and stuff saying that Tyus Jones was the better, you know, backup point guard last year than Chris Dunn statistically. Yep, I would agree with that. And with so, test. yeah, so you're putting Tyus Jones at backup point now. And, you know, I've seen over the past couple of days, they're trying to get Muhammad back on like a minimum deal. And, you know if they pull that off, but like I'm sure that's going over well with his agent. Yeah, I know, but uh, yeah, I mean you still got your two guys. You still got Towns and Wiggins, and Towns, Wiggins, Jim, Jimmy Butler. I mean that that three right there is just. I mean it's it's scary to think about moving forward, and we like Tibbs, and so yeah, I mean that's my biggest upgrade. Runner up at Oklahoma City, you know, mainly because yeah. you know I look at teams that I when I look at my projected like rankings, who made you know who's who made the biggest push up mine in Minnesota, you know, obviously it was like what the third worst team in the West, fourth worst team. And I have them finishing, I have them finishing at four next year and, uh, Oklahoma city, you know, they, what were they? Seventh seed in the playoffs. Yeah. I think so. And, you know, I moved them up to three and I think they could challenge for the two spot also. So, yeah. So yeah, that same, same mindset with you on that, and, and probably most people. And that's that's the reason to what you just said about Oklahoma City is the reason to not put the Rockets in there with Chris Paul. You're saying, oh, the Rockets went from Patrick Beverly to Chris Paul. That's a huge upgrade. Yeah, but they were a 55-win team last year. How much better are they really going to get? I mean, they're going to get five wins better. They were the two seed last year. Right. I mean, you're not going to get better gonna than, stay the two seed. than one. You'll get, you'll get better wins-wise maybe. Uh, that could also blow up. You, just, you, know, you have no idea. With that kind of situation, that's a super team that we haven't really seen a lot. Two super ball dominant guys. I, I guess the 2011 Heat were like that. Yeah, but oh well. They just you know barely play off the ball, but they can. All right, the biggest downgrade. 
Uh, this is where I mentioned a couple of East teams because I just said if, if you know if I was including East teams, this would be so much so much easier. It's the Hawks, Bulls, and Pacers. Just <laughs> just line them up, push them down. Like those are the three teams I think overall in the NBA. But for the Western Conference team, uh, losing Hayward I think was massive for the Jazz because not only like I mentioned earlier, not only did they they didn't replace him with a starting wing. Uh, basketball insiders, Eric Pincus does the, you know, the cap sheets on basketball insiders and he tries to do a depth chart with, with all of them. And right now for the starting three for, for the jazz is Joe Ingles, which is fine. He's probably better as a two though. And then Rodney hood starting at the two for them. Either of those guys, you know, I don't think are replacing Hayward at all. Uh, and so you haven't really, and they were on the team last year. (laughs) He didn't replace him with a, you know, a starting caliber wing. And you didn't replace his scoring. So this team is just going to be, I mean, it's going to be so hard for them to score at all. And so losing Hayward, I think, was the biggest loss. I also mentioned um, the Clippers losing Chris Paul. I know you like Dosich a lot. I don't like him as much. And then P- Pat Beverly and, and Tidosic are better than whatever the Jazz ended up replacing you know, Hayward with. So didn't ne- didn't necessarily put them above the Jazz for biggest downgrade, but... Still a huge downgrade. I mean, that's an all-NBA guy. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Jazz are my runner-up. Once again, I looked at it the opposite way. I looked at my standings and who made the biggest drop in my projected standings. And um, I have Memphis on this. You know, you're higher than I am on Memphis. but Yeah, I'm, I'm going to die on that hill, I think. <laughs> this year, I'm just going to, like, the middle of the year, I'm going to be, like, looking at you know, Marcus Alt's hospital bills and just saying, where did I go wrong? But if injuries happen, it doesn't count. No, Chandler Parsons hospital bills. And, uh, but no, like, like Memphis, I mean, is there, is there a, is there a bigger top two heavy, you know, heavy team in the league than Memphis? As far as, you know, we saw, I have them dropping out of the playoffs this year. I have them, I mean, with the top 10 pick in the draft next year, I think they own their pick. I need to look at that. But anyway, it's just like you you have Mike Conley, Mark Gasol. They've both been injured some, but I don't really like to try to project injuries. Yeah, but tough. unless it's like crazy, like Chandler Parsons. I mean, Chandler Parsons, your third best player. And after him, you lost Zach Randolph. You lost Vince Carter. You, you know, and I know people are going to say, oh, these are older guys. But these are good older guys. And yeah, you it's look still like, something. Looks like they're... Looks like they're going to lose Tony Allen. So Yeah, they still have not even I, brought him back. I don't know what's going on with Tony Allen. That guy's a still good player. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Jamichael Green, he's a still re- restricted free agent. I mean, I'm assuming that they'll bring him back. But, yeah, you look at their additions. I mean, Tyreek Evans. What are they talking about on Locked on Grizzlies right now? <laughs> I have no clue. Do we, we have a Locked on Grizzlies? We need to talk to Chris Vernon. But, <laughs> Chris Vernon. But Ben McLemore and Tyreek Evans, I mean, they're okay players, but I mean, it looks like they're, you know, they could be starters next year. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what did they finish last year? Five or six? I mean, in the. Yeah, they were good. In the league, so, or in the West. So, I just think they're going to drop. They played, they played the Spurs, so they must have been. Yeah, they were a six seed. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like Fizz a lot. I like Coach Fizdale a lot, and I, I think he's a really good coach, but. That's a lot to put on Mike Conley and Mark Gasol, and I think they drop. And that's not even considering injuries. You know, like, you know, if if Gasol or Conley gets hurt for an extended extended time, yeah, they're I mean, done. They're at the bottom, very bottom. So 
That's yeah. my biggest downgrade. Yeah, no one's allowed to make fun of me for the Memphis thing if either of those guys are, miss more than 15 games. <laughs> so, also, David Fisdale making an appearance next week on the, the uh, 2011 Finals look back. Oh, Fisdale, no, he's not. He's not, he's not going to be on the podcast. Oh, I thought you meant on the pod. Like, he would, get, he would get a mention for sure. He was involved. So He always cracks me up when he talks about it. <laughs> All right. The riskiest move. To me... I don't think this is what you, I think we I think we differ on this. Um, uh To me, adding Rajon Rondo to anything is the riskiest move because it could just blow your team up. What What do you have to risk though? What do you What do you blow? You don't have nothing to blow up. What do the Pelicans have to risk? Like their, what are their, what their are, coaches? They don't have anything coaches, to blow up. Listen to this. This is what you have to risk. All right, you boogie for this one year, right? That was your big swing, <laughs> and they acquired him. They got him. If this doesn't work, he's gone after a year. He can just leave. Then you get you you sign Drew Holiday for a long time. You have you have Anthony Davis for only a couple more years. If this doesn't work out this year, then and it doesn't have to be because of Rajon Rondo, but adding Rajon Rondo, say, you can't blame Rondo. Adding no. Rondo into the mix does not help. It does not help a team that needs to have good chemistry to you know to do well. Those two guys need to be connected to play well because if you don't have good chemistry with Boogie Cousins on your team. That's going to be bad. That's going to be bad for you. That is like a Shaq and Kobe situation where, you know, give me the ball and I'm not even going to look at you in the eyes. <laughs> like that's just going to be one of those weird things on the court. You know, you've played with guys in pickup or whatever where, you know, they just get the ball and they don't even look at you. You know what I mean? Like that's what it could yeah. be around. Then the coach's job is on the line. I think Dell Demps's job, the GM is on the line. And then you're looking at expansion. You're looking at trying to move a team to Seattle. I think the Pelicans could be right there. Oh yeah. If this I team, mean, let's say this, you're, team, let's say this. You're season, gonna put this on Rondo. Let's say this. If they lose Rondo, the whole team, I've, I've said my piece about Rondo joining the Pelicans. <laughs> Rondo joins the Pelicans. All of a sudden, you get two camps. You get Rondo and Boogie, and you get Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, and the rest of the team. Basically, you get these two camps. They split the team apart. The team ends up winning. Let's say they win, you know, 35 games. The team's bad. Boogie leaves. Rondo leaves. He leaves all that in his wake. Let's say Demps gets fired. Let's say you know Gentry gets fired. Let's say Anthony Davis hates all of this and is like hating his life for signing that huge extension. He wants to leave. He you know looks at what Kyrie da- did. He demands a trade and what Paul George did. He leaves. All of a sudden you're nothing. Now you're, you're you don't have a team. And then the owner is like Benson's like, all right, I'm gonna sell this team now. <laughs> I'm gonna sell this team. Let's get out of here. Let's get, you know make my money because the team the, you know the league got so much better. Makes his money. They move to Seattle. Boom. New Orleans loses a team because of Rajon Rondo. <laughs> so funny. Um, the yeah, biggest risk. Here's my thing. If you're not a playoff, like if you're not a playoff team and you don't have like a like a goal, like they've been on the outside looking in. Like this is like if this was the Clippers and they were adding Rondo, like that could be you know if they're like trying to win now. Like they're winning. This like team Pelicans is are, trying to win now. Yeah, they like need they're to. trying to win now, but they don't have anything to blow up. Like they've just put their crap together. They have two All NBA players. They haven't been in the how playoffs. Many, in like how many two, teams have two All NBA players on them? <laughs> and they didn't. Well, they didn't like sign him to like a crazy deal either. If they maxed him out like Drew Holiday, I would almost say maxing out Drew Holiday is riskier than bringing in Rondo for a year. I just think but. The, the off the court stuff that Rondo brings, and even on the court, the on the court non basketball stuff that Rondo brings, I think could be detrimental to this team. 
Yeah. We differ on the Pelicans. I think they're a playoff team. At the very I end. think they should be a playoff team with the talent that they have, of course. However, Rondo will pull them back into the dark depths. <laughs> I do think Alan Gentry is the worst coach in the league, but that's beside the fact. I have one more, but you go ahead and give yours. Um, mine's from your boys, man. The the Lakers trading <laughs> D'Angelo. Yeah, I thought. Uh, I really thought. I thought long and hard about adding them. You know, you're trading the number two overall pick, and I know people differ on D'Angelo, but. This is basically like we. I like Brooke Lopez, and I've took you know taken up for him in the past. But this was basically to get off Mozgov's contract, right? And you're giving up D'Angelo Russell to shed a contract, and I don't know. I just think it's super risky. It's risky because if you don't bring in a, a you know a max free agent next year, it's a big name. It looks you know it looks worse if D'Angelo goes to Brooklyn and just kills it. And, you know, that can make it look worse. I mean, there, there's just a lot of – you're putting a lot of eggs in the basket and saying we're all out on D'Angelo. Because I thought D'Angelo and Lonzo could have worked perfectly fine together. Yes, yep. And in the same backcourt and been, you know, been great. But they put their eggs in a basket. They shipped off D'Angelo to, to create that cap space for next summer and get off Mozgov. And I don't know, I think that's really risky for a team – it's not, you know, for a team that's that's reloading with young talent and young potential stars, and they, I think, I th- think they could have just they gave up on on Russell too fast, but we'll see. I say it's risky because we both know a risk turn can be good or bad, just like Dallas did with you know Rondo. You know, they took the risk and it obviously turned bad, but you know if they get off Mozgov and they they come next summer and they get Paul George and or LeBron, then the risk was worth it. But if they don't. And D'Angelo is killing it, then it, you know, doesn't look good. Might not as be as big of a risk because they added KCP. Just you know, like the wins above replacement. You know, for those two guys, it's probably about the same. You know, maybe KCP is a little bit better fit in what they want to what they want to try to do. But wouldn't you just at least try to do the D'Angelo Russell Lonzo thing? Just at least try it. You know, see what it yeah. looks like. That trade was probably going to be there later. Yep. You know they. You know, moving off that contract, you could still do it because Brooke Lopez is still there. You know, I don't know if anybody else was gunning to try to get Brooke Lopez. You at least try that, you know, that situation, see if it would work. Also, D'Angelo Russell has done, you know, the most exciting things for the Lakers the last two years. You know, like of, of all the Lakers moments, you think about the ice in my veins shots. You think about the shot that he made in the summer league last year that was, you know, incredible. I was actually on the baseline watching that happen, and he ran. When he run, you, you, when you watch that play, he hits the game-winning shot. He runs into the you know the media area, and he runs right by us. We're just standing all right there. I bet you were like a little girl too. <laughs> Me and this other guy that was at sports business classroom that did uh, that had Laker season tickets. We like looked at each other. And we were like, oh, "Did that just happen?" <laughs> but uh, that was super. That was super great. And then I mean, obviously, just you know, an infamous moment with the Snapchat thing. It's you know, and then he came came back and did what was that a Footlock? commercial <laughs> yeah you know, so it, it was i mean just memorable stuff at least guy that's given you some you know, some notoriety and then you just move off of him uh for nothing a year of brooke lopez yeah so, all right that was not yeah. a surprising move to me that was a little bit of a surprising move to me but it was not the well, most we're on risk we're on risky we're on risky oh yeah yeah i got one more risky move yeah rudy gay that we already mentioned rudy gay is turning 31 this week 
Congrats to Rudy Gay. <laughs> Happy birthday. However, Rudy Gay. I don't need to explain to Mavericks fans how risky a 31-year-old with an Achilles injury is. Yeah, you know? but how much I pay him, though? That wasn't a huge risk. But that's the only that's the only move that you made. Like you like said earlier, yeah, why it was true. a bad free agency, you know, that was... You didn't put a lot of money into him, but money isn't everything. You put a lot of stock into him being good because that, that was your big move this summer. You lost some guys. You needed to add stuff. You're a win-now team. You know, Lamarcus isn't getting any older. You know, Kawhi is, is you know... Can Kawhi get better? Probably, right? Like, <laughs> Kawhi yeah. could just keep getting better forever. But, you know, he is at his peak right now. And, you know, the rest of your guys aren't getting any older. Tony Parker is coming off his younger. injury as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not getting any, <laughs> they're not getting getting any younger. <laughs> Man is coming back, and he's, about 45 or something like that. Tony Parker is, you know, coming off yeah. his Achilles injury. And then, I mean, that was your big swing. And yeah. uh, I'm just not sure that's going to be – Super good for them. It was a it was a big risk to to not do anything else but do that. Uh, I want to mention. I know we're not doing the East, but I want to mention a risk that I feel like not not a ton of people are talking about because we're all on the Philadelphia hype. You think it's risky for the Hawks to just not have any NBA caliber players on their team? Yeah, it's super risky for them to hand up <laughs> franchise to Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Um, but no, I just want to mention this with Philadelphia. <clears throat> people are talking about faults. And their core and all this stuff, but there's a chance that that trade could really come back to bite them. And I say that because I think it was super risky of them trading the third pick and that second pick. So like, there's a good chance the Lakers are going, you know, that that pick is you know two through five next year. So here's my thing: Is Markel Fultz equal out for Philly? A combination of like if they stayed at three, they only moved up two spots. Yeah. So they could have got Tatum. They could have got Dennis Smith Jr. They could have got Fox. They could have got Josh Jackson. Let's just say, is Fultz worth the combination of, let's just say, um, Tatum. Tatum and Luka Doncic. Or Dennis Smith Jr. and Michael Porter Jr. You know, like, if that's what, you know, because if, if the Lakers pick falls into two through five, then it goes to Boston next year. A pick that, you know, Philly could have had. You know, so like if that, if they, if it does fall two through five, it could really, I don't know, like if Boston comes away next year and they get, they get Donkic or Porter Jr. or one of those, even Mo Bamba, you know, one of those guys at the top of the draft, even Marvin, Bag- Marvin Bagley. Well, I'm not using Bagley because he's probably going to go one, and it's top one protected too. But I'm just saying, well, it's Fultz. We, you know, we thought Dennis Smith Jr. might have gone one at one point. So. That's true. But it's like, is Fultz, is he that elite to where he would be? You know, I'm just saying it's ri- it's a super risky move because for a team like that, what? Listen, you don't need to tell – Sixers fans about the chances of draft picks being good. You know, like you don't need to tell them about their chances and their lottery odds. You know, <laughs> like those those people already know. They know what what's going on with that. I think they just they wanted to just make a move with a really good player that's, you know, a number one quality player and, you know, move on and stop doing, you know, they wanted to start, you wanted to move on with their lives. <laughs> you know, and and stop, you know, rolling the dice for another year, you know, and trying to, you know, again for another year. They just wanted to make their move. They liked he was their guy. They wanted to go with it and move on. <laughs> I think I get it. I'm just saying we're already talking, and I know we're biased, Mavs fan. We're already talking. Oh, we could see Dennis being better in faults for sure. 
like Dennis is going to be the rookie of the year. You know, like we're already <laughs> saying that. So like if Fultz doesn't come off and like there's some just politics kill in it, that as well, they <laughs> just kill it with that. You know, there's just I don't know for a team that's really on the rebuild. It's not like Boston for a team that's still moving up and need all the pieces they need. I think it could be a really risky move, but let's just say, let's just move yeah, on. could could be risky. All right, the final category, and we're almost at a we're almost at an hour. So, Saint Lazarus, shout out to you. Shout <laughs> the, out, Saint. Going over the let's say the rest of the hour is dedicated to Saint Lazarus because he loves when we go over an hour. Yeah. All right, the most surprising move was our final topic here. Paul George, to me, still, I'm just amazed that that. OKC came out of nowhere. They were they were not even a dark horse to get Paul George. Nobody even mentioned them or talked about them. I remember seeing Brian Windhorst's face when he was on ESPN just talking about Paul George being moved and he was stunned. He can he did not even he didn't even hear them at all. <laughs> this is a guy that hears rumors about everything. You know, and hears fake rumors and hears all this stuff. Here's the crap. Here's the good stuff. Here's all the stuff. That guy hears all of it. And he was shocked the Oklahoma City Thunder were able to land Paul George. And for what they landed him for, you know, the salary dump in Victor Oladipo, who's, who's I think, still a good player. He's not a $20 million player. I don't view it as a salary dump, though. It's not Mazdaf. That's Well, yeah, it's not that. But that's what Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, he, he said an NBA executive told him that it was a salary dump. Yeah. <laughs> just, just amazing to me to think about that. And then Demonis Sabonis, who is, you know, whatever. But that's what they got him for. For for Paul George, though, for Paul George. And I know it's a year of Paul George, but still. You should at least get some kind of draft pick or, you know, something else of values. That, to me, just so surprising. I have one more, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that was my runner-up. I mean, you, you probably, if you really think hard about this, you know what my pick's going to be with this. Was well, Chris Paul to Houston. Yeah. I just never they imagined it. mentioned. <laughs> well, it, the, this category is like, most surprising is most surprising that actually happened. Not most surprising out of like left field, like not counting rumors and any of that. Um, for instance, like if, if Mello went to Portland and people started talking about it like right now, which some people are saying, oh, he might consider, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it went on for a week and then he eventually went to Portland. I would still be super surprised, even though we've heard grumblings or whatever. But my point with like Chris Paul, like, you're the, you're the kind of guy that doesn't read anything about the movie before you go see it, right? That's oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, see, I read about stuff before I go see the movie. <laughs> no, That's no, no, how no. we're different. But, like, we saw Chris Paul. We saw the grumblings for a while that he was interested, but it was still the most surprising because I just never thought it would happen. It, Los Angeles, family, all that stuff. You know, James Harden isn't one of, like, his boys. Like, it's not, like, a banana boat guy. James Harden, no, like... Do we really Talking know about, who took the picture, though? Do we know that Melo took yeah, the picture? It was could've, Harden. Could have been, been James Harden. But, like, they, it's two different lifestyles. Yeah. I mean, we know we know the lifestyle Harden lives. And, you know, Chris Paul's, you know, the family guy, like, oh, just seems like he's always pissed off, like, ready to go on the court. And then, like... That's not a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> that is. It's super lifestyle. <laughs> Being pissed off all the time is not... <laughs> I guess that is you, a lifestyle for you, Chris you wouldn't Paul. Say that's part of, you wouldn't say that's part of Wes Matthews' lifestyle? <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. Chris Paul's <laughs> part of his lifestyle is being pissed off all the time. <laughs> but, like, you know, Chris Paul was notably a part of the, you know, the play, president of the Players Union with all that and negotiating those Big Macs. And, he was standing with know, him at the ESPYs. 
all of that stuff. And then with, I don't know, just like they play the same position, you know, ball, both ball dominant, just everything that I just never thought it would happen. It just never, it was one of those things where like, okay, he's interested, but he's using his leverage. Yeah. The fit, the move, the his family, like just everything. It was just, to me, that that was the most surprising move. I did have Paul George, the, the runner up to that. But I don't, I love what Oklahoma City did. But like, I don't find it that risky, one. I don't see any risk, no, really, I, I hardly at all. I mean, um, and it was surprising, like, at the moment. But then, like, when you really thought about it, you're like, okay. Like, it's not, like, a surprising as far as basketball fit. It's not as surprising as taking the chance on the move. It's not surprising that, you know, they would want to pair them together. Like everything about Chris Ball to Houston is like surprising. Like they're fit, you know, even from Maury's part, like wanting that fit with him and Harden personality wise, basketball wise, just there's so much to that. But yeah, yeah both of those were still, I mean, those are huge, huge moves of the offseason. Chris Paul's signature move also is probably like a mid range jumper, too. <laughs> just, doesn't, yeah. just doesn't fit with what they want to do. All right, the last one. The last most surprising move of the offseason for me. How is Nerlens Noel not signed yet? <laughs> Gosh. We've ranted about it. We've had other people come on the pod and rant about it. We've had Earl K's Need confused about it on the podcast. We've had, you know, Dirk, you know, talk about at the African game uh, how he was, you know, it's unfortunate that it hasn't, you know, deal hasn't been made yet. We've had Nerlens show up at Summer League. We've had all this stuff. And we still have no Nerland signing. And no mention of anything for a while. Like, nothing. Yep. And maybe it that's just makes because... makes you feel like... Maybe that's because there's not a lot of, you know, reporters, like, you know, super engaged, like, in their reporters covering the Mavericks right now that have a ton of sources, but... The well, there's probably just nothing new at the moment. I mean, right. it, it just... With, with no news coming out, then it just seems like two sides are just set. They're just sitting there with their offers on the table, waiting for one, you know, somebody to budge. So we'll see. We continue to wait. We continue to wait, and that answers your question that you ask me every pod. Hey, has Nerland signed? No. Nope. He has not signed. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Next week we are doing the 2011 Finals look back. We are going to be recapping all the games, having some really good guests on. Hopefully that's a really big week. And I'll also just let you know, we're doing that. We're doing seven pods in a row, and then we're going to take a week off. Isaac's going on vacation. We're also just going to take a week off in the summer. So we're just going to do that. We're just going to take a week off. And uh, hopefully Nerlens will not sign then. Hopefully he will have been signed. Uh, if he does sign during the finals week, we will do a separate podcast. We will do like a different. We'll do an emergency well. podcast. Emergency pod for Josh McRoberts. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and then reminder, everybody, for the finals week, go ahead and comment in iTunes. Go ahead and give us a five-star review and comment your favorite finals memory. We will read them all out on the show, every single one of them. And uh, follow me at Nick Van Exit. Follow Isaac at Isaac Harris NBA. If you want to read our pieces about our off-season move, our favorite and you know best and worst off-season moves and awards, go ahead and go to The Smoking Cuban and at – uh, the it's not the Mavs Moneyball. It's just MavsMoneyball.com. Still new. Still new. <laughs> so <laughs> still go ahead. New. Go ahead and check that out uh, if you want to go and read that and all the all the all the other stuff we got going on on both sites. Uh, and we really appreciate it. 
Yeah, guys, super pumped for next week. It's going to be a crazy week. I'm binge-watching this this whole finals this coming weekend. Literally, my plans for this upcoming weekend is the 2011 finals and Game of Thrones, which next week's episode looks insane. But anyway, that's my fi- that's my like weekend plans. Uh, and you know, follow along with us. Watch the games with us. Yeah, it would be fun. I'll tweet out. Nothing. I'll tweet out a. Uh, there's a link on Reddit where I'm where I'm watching them all from. You know, there's this this person on YouTube split them up into like nine different parts each game, <laughs> so you can just watch all of them through. So I'll tweet that out at the beginning of next week. Yeah, guys. So we'll, maybe we'll think of a hashtag. We can talk about it on Twitter. We'll take questions. It's just going to be a fun thing to do. There's nothing else going on in August right now. No. So quit quit thinking about Nerlens. Let's think about something good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have Stop a lot of Stop thinking about with the it. new Tyson Chandler. Think about the Tyson Chandler. <laughs> think about the Tyson Chandler. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. I'm excited. I probably haven't watched this since 2011, and even then, I wasn't you know covering the Mavericks or even a Mavericks fan at that point, so I didn't. I had no connection. I'm so I'm so excited. I can remember certain places I was at in my house when I watched it back in <laughs> in Kentucky, but I'm excited to relive it all. I haven't sat down and watched like minute for minute. I've watched a bunch of. Every year, watch a oh, bunch yeah. of like clips or these like super long, you know, like or that document that or documentary like that. that they always do the DVD and like I've watched that a couple times, but yeah, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited. So go to iTunes, give us five stars, and then hey guys, guess what? You're gonna hear me talk about LeBron for a week. Oh no! What have I done? What have Let's I done? Go. This Let's is LeBron go. at like his, one of his lowest moments too. My my oh, tell me about it. This is why I'm so excited about it. You're going to see the 14-year-old insecure, unprofessional Kobe fan come out in me. Radio <laughs> silence. Oh, jeez. What have I done? Uh, our listens are going to go up by like the thousands that week, ain't they? Because <laughs> of all the LeBron haters. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Peace out. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.